When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, we have lost again to the Seahawks. We lose, man, it, it looks bad. Don't want to say it looked worse than it did. It looked pretty bad. 43-16 to 16 we lose, and we fall to 2-10. and 10. You know, we, we've lost a lot of games to the Seahawks, and I'm going to be going over offense production, drive charts, draft order, MVPs, all that kind of fun stuff. So we got a lot to get to today, but before we jump in, we need to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture. The big picture sucks. Um, this will be, as of now, our fourth year finishing dead last in the NFC West, which is crazy. Uh, this year, you know, we were two and two, two and ten at this point last year, but we had a little bit more hope. Uh, you know, we won our first two games, and that was pretty exciting. You know, we haven't won a road game. <laughs> we're zero and seven on the road, and we only have one more road game left this year, and that's at Los Angeles Rams. So that's fun. Now, Seahawks, they've definitely had our number. This is our ninth straight regular season loss to this crappy team. Hate the Seahawks, but, man, they totally they destroyed us. Um, so without further ado, a couple things I want to talk about as we jump into this. One, uh, we did have a couple key injuries. Dakota Watson tore his calf. Pretty early on in the first quarter, he is on IR. He is done for the year. Tart hurt his shoulder again with a stinger, the same shoulder. And Brita hurt his calf again. Or, sorry, his ankle. Sorry about that. Um, you know, tweaked it during warm-ups, and they weren't quite sure what was going to go on. He goes out there for the first series. Looked great. But then we didn't see him for another three series, and it was like, what's going on? Uh, he was just staying on the sidelines. He went out and tried to give it a go again a few times. And he was just playing with one leg. Which is bad. You know, Matt Breida has fought very, very tough through this injury all year and just seems to just tough it out every week. And Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has already come out and said, Breida is out <laughs> for week 14. He is done. We're going to let him rest. We're going to try to let him heal, which is good. You know, we're 2-10. and 10. Officially, we are out of the playoffs now. We still had a shot, but that is now over. And so that's kind of where we are. And it seems like the youth movement is in full swing. And we saw some good. We saw some bad. Um, you know, obviously the good, the offensive MVP is going to be Dante Pettis. Holy freaking cow. It, it, 
a lot of people were pretty pissed off whenever we traded up to get Dante Pettis. Um, you know, I was very, very high on him. I had him rated as my third overall wide receiver in this draft class. And uh, I just, I love the kid. He, he was an absolute player. And man, he came out and just, he continues to show two games in a row. Now he's still a rookie. And I totally understand that. He does make some stupid rookie mistakes like on third and eight whenever he cuts the ball flat instead of getting the first down he gets tackled half a yard short we got to go for him fourth down we got it thankfully but you know he, he makes a lot of dumb mistakes we saw Shanahan just <laughs> lay into him on the sideline last week but he responded and he comes out this week with seven targets just wow five receptions 129 yards and two touchdowns uh and the 75 yard touchdown was huge the 49ers Huge problem for the past few years has been scoring touchdowns. You know, it's not enough to just get field goals or to have a lot of yards. We need finishers, and that's who this kid is. We go back to Dante Pettis when he was with the University of Washington. It, just touchdowns galore, over 30 touchdowns in his four-year career there. Broke the record for most touch, uh, punt return touchdowns in the history of the NCAA. Like, that's who he is. He is an amazing route runner that gets insane separation, and then once the ball is in his hand, it, he just does crazy things. He, he fell to the second round, which he probably should have went late first, early second. We got him early second because he doesn't look the part. He's super small. He's skinny. Um he, he, he makes weird movements and bends in weird angles and all those things. But Dante Pettis is looking like he is going to be our number one. And it's interesting because, you know, with Pierre Garçon, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, if this game was of, you know, importance, Pierre Garçon's good to go. He could play right now with his knee and his neck issues. He could have played. But Pierre Garçon's really, really old. <laughs> and so why rush somebody back whenever we're already out of it? We want to see what we got. And, you know, Marquise Goodwin, who I just absolutely love, one of my favorite 49ers, he's got some personal issues going on, and it just kind of seems like they just said, take care of your stuff, get your mind right, we're not in a hurry, you've played through injuries, You, we, we appreciate everything you've done, let's see what we got these young guys. We know who you are. Now, I'm thinking that Marquise Goodwin will be playing next week, and if that is the case, I'm very curious to see where they're going to put Pettis. I am hoping they put Pettis where Kendrick Bourne is. I like Kendrick Bourne, but he is not a future star. Uh, our two wide receiver sets should be Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis and sprinkle in uh, in three wide receiver sets from Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know, and another interesting note, you know, if we look at what's happened with Trent Taylor, man, Trent Taylor, his snap count is almost non-existent. He got 23 snaps, but those were all almost in the fourth quarter whenever we were just running four wide receiver sets or five wide receiver sets. Trent Taylor basically seems to have lost his slot job um, and just kind of come in on third downs whenever we need something. And I think that's going to be his role long term. I love me some Trent Taylor, but the dynamic is just not there. He's a third down conversion, goal line conversion guy, only in short yardage situations. If you need that slant route, that's kind of what he does. Um, now, this is where it gets bad. This is how we start the game on offense, okay? First drive punt, we get sacked on an overload blitz. Lakin had a terrible game. Lakin Thomason, absolutely awful. Gave up two sacks in this game. Second drive. Punt. Zero respect for the deep pass. They're blitzing like crazy. Um, just 
it's just bad. Um, third drive, punt, three and out. Busted screen. Uh, Richburg, this was the Richburg drive. Uh, downfield illegally, played, you know, got a penalty there. Very next play, snaps it over the head of the quarterback by 10 yards. It's third and 24. That's not going to work, so we punt three and out. Fourth drive. We drive all the way down. Um, you know, it, it looks like great things are about to happen. And then the Wilson fumble inside the five-yard line. No clue. This got reviewed. Um, no clue how they ruled this was a fumble. Um, it just doesn't make sense. This is where Kyle Shanahan blew up. If you go over to my Twitter, I've got the video where they, you can see his mouth and all the things. Basically just said to the official, will you watch the F-word game? The ref turns, we can't see his mouth, says something to Kyle Shanahan. Then Kyle Shanahan turns back as he's walking around, walking away and just says, well, F you. <laughs> he was he was pretty hot. And, you know, it, it came out as well. Um, you know, this was, we were on defense at this point, and this is the problem. Fred Warner's shoe came off, okay, <laughs> during the play. And Russell Wilson grabs Fred Warner's shoe and throws it to the Seattle sideline. So now our Mike linebacker, captain of our defense, has no shoe. So he runs off. We don't get somebody on there fast enough. And basically we get a penalty. And then Kyle Shanahan loses his mind. Uh, just bad call, bad call, bad call. And here's the thing, you know, as long as our coaches, I love Kyle Shanahan for standing up, but I think that this is great whenever you have a team that's not really fighting for much, um, but it keeps those guys active. But the problem is when your head coach is chewing and cussing out the refs repeatedly, guess what? You're not going to get a lot of calls. It's just not how it works. You don't get to cuss out refs and get in their face and all these things and expect calls to start going your way. And so many calls did not go our way. Some of the worst pass interference calls I have ever seen. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with our defensive coach, um, Robert Sala, and what we teach our secondary. We don't teach them to play the ball unless they are in phase completely. And so we're going to get a lot of pass interference calls. It's a technique issue, and we just have not corrected it in two years. Um, you know, we thought it was just Richard Robinson, uh, but we got rid of him. Yeah, it's still happening at a record pace. And even good corners like Quan Williams, who hasn't had an issue with that, is now starting to have an issue because this is what we're teaching them. We're teaching them not to play the ball whatsoever, and that's just causing some major problems. So the Wilson fumble on the fourth drive, fifth drive, punt. So you talking about in our first five drives, we got four punts and a fumble inside the goal line. I don't care who you're playing. You're not winning that football game. It's already over at that point unless you're wanting to win a 7-6 to six ball game. But let's be honest, that's not what our defense is. We've given up the third most points in the NFL, and we don't force any turnovers whatsoever. Another game with zero turnovers forced. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, sixth drive, we get a 45-yard field goal. It was awesome right before halftime. So, you know, we got three points going into the half. We come out. And things look amazing. This is the first Pettis touchdown. Just looks absolutely incredible. The next one, we have to punt. A sack pushed us out of field goal range. And at this point, I'm thinking, all right, might be time to make a switch. You know, Nick Mullins, it's just not looking right. They're not respecting him at all, and it's just looking bad. He comes back out. First play of the game, 75-yard touchdown strike to Dante Pettis, which was just the kid's special. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, now, then after that, we get going pretty good. We drive the whole field, 
And then we throw a pick six on an out route. Um, so, again, we have two turnovers inside the five-yard line. You, you don't win games if you do that. And then the last drive, turnover on downs. And the crazy thing is, if we look at this stat line, um, Nick Mullins threw for over 400 yards, <laughs> which is pretty insane. He had a 95.3 quarterback rating, which technically you should win with that. I understand that's garbage time. You know, we were down so much. But again, 30 for 48, which is legit. Um, 414 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That interception was huge. Sacked three times. Um, but you know what? Uh, he played. We did not lose this game because of Nick Mullins. I'll be honest with you. Um, we didn't win it because of him. That's for damn sure. Now, the running game was interesting. You know, Brita, he went out early. He got five carries for six yards. That's it. His big play was in the passing game. Um, he had three catches on three targets for 51 yards. How crazy is this? Matt Brita, his biggest flaw last year, I've talked about this, was about a 50% catch rate, um, which is terrible. This year, he's up over 80 now. And just balling out. If he can get healthy, I'm so excited to see. He's the perfect number two running back. You know, we'll see what happens with Jet next year. But Matt Breed is here to stay. He ain't going anywhere. And he's super cheap as well. Jeff Wilson, man, the kid out of UNT comes out. It, he just ran hard. I love the way he runs. He is not a guy that. You know, takes a lot of missteps or cuts or jukes. He's just running as hard as he can, and if he gets a run through you, that's great. 15 carries, 61 yards, um, and it was all pretty – his longest run of the game was 11 yards. He is just a guy – he averaged 4.1 yards per carry, and that's about what he got. He was getting four- to five-yard chunks just throughout the entire game, and in the passing game, he had nine targets – he led our team in targets. He tied with Kittle, and he caught eight of those for 73 yards. So you're talking about a guy, undrafted free agent, which so is Brita, comes in, has over 130 scrimmage yards. That is just unreal. Um, so the rushing, our yards per average wasn't great. But, you know, again, not really why we lost. We lost because of turnovers, and we didn't cash it in whenever we were in the red zone. You know, you go one for four in the red zone, that's not good, and two of those are turnovers. So you didn't even come away with field goals at that point. In fact, you had a negative ratio because you had a pick six. Now, receiving-wise, we talked about Dante Pettis, seven targets, five catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns. After that, it gets bad. Uh, Kittle, nine targets. He caught six for 70, and he could have had more. He really, really could have had more. He played so well. You know, he's so tough, and he's fighting for everything. He almost had the touchdown. It just didn't pan out. Kendrick Bourne, I, he's a supplemental additional guy. He would be a perfect fourth wide receiver to come in on third and short or on the goal line. I kind of His best attribute is blocking. I think, you know, he's a big-bodied wide receiver. He had a decent game. He had six targets, four catches for 60 yards. He did drop one catch for a first down, which was a killer. Now, if we look at what I want to do now is I want to jump over to our defensive stats because I think this will help us understand uh, where this game went wrong, um, and especially whenever we get into team stats. So this is the uh, drive summary of our defense, okay? Right off the bat, we come out and play great. They punt, uh, run stuff by Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead played unreal. Now, his stats won't show that. Uh, that's not going to show up. That's not really who he is. He is a guy that plays perfect edge. 
integrity and cuts off and shrinks the field to where the running back has to cut back or the quarterback has to throw the ball quicker. He's not a stat guy. He's a behind-the-scenes guy that holds things together. Eric Armstead has been one of the top three players on our defense all year. Now our MVP goes to none other Man, yeah, I love this guy, and he I've, I, I, I'm biased, okay? I absolutely love this guy, and that's DeForest Buckner. Seven total tackles, two sacks, two additional tackles for loss. This guy is just unreal. DeForest Buckner just continues to just be that guy. He's on his way to double-digit sacks. Uh, nine sacks, technically, I think he should have nine and a half, but that's just me. Um, he has just played awesome, and the runner-up is Fred Warner. Eight total sacks. Uh, got a hit on the quarterback, just played really, really well. And so, again, back to our drive summary. We hold the first drive, they punt. Second drive, touchdown pass. Um, you know, it, it was kind of rough. We rushed three at Wilson whenever he was in the red zone. He had six and a half seconds before he threw the ball. What the hell? One of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're just going to rush three guys. You can't allow somebody to have six and a half seconds. I have no clue what the hell we are doing. Um, but anyway, that's another story. Third drive, touchdown pass, 52-yard strike to lock it. Again, defensive scheme breakdown. We have Malcolm Smith man-to-man -man with Tyler Lockett 50 yards downfield. 50 yards downfield, Malcolm Smith is there. And I understand in our you know cover three system, the third wide receiver, if he crosses field, the will or the mic has to run with them based on the alignment of the running backs and how we're doing that. I get that. But we do have a free safety. And our free safety this game was Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, not a lot of great things from him. He played all right, got injured, came back, got injured, came back. But it's Tart's going to be Tart. It's just what he's going to do. After that fourth drive punt, played absolutely unreal defense there. That was great. Fifth drive, three and out in a punt. We got great. They had a holding call. Um, we're pushed back, and this is just starting to look awesome. Um, you know, things are starting to look good. How do we respond? Muff a punt. Richie James, we're going to have the best field position we've had all game. We muff it. Seattle gets it right back and scores a touchdown. And so they, these are the trademarks of young teams. Not capturing momentum and shooting yourselves in the foot. This was a huge, um, you know, probably a 10-point swing right there. Right after that, Touchdown to Baldwin. Um, we get a ridiculous pass interference call by Quan Williams. Puts the ball on the one. We almost stopped him. We had three uh, stuffs on the one-yard line, and then they got in the goal line. Then it's halftime. They come out. Touchdown run on a one-play drive. Are you kidding me? Uh, this was after the huge kickoff return. Um, Tart gets hurt. They run it back for 85 yards. And then the very first play, uh, Marsh loses contain. Fred Warner takes a bad angle, and they just take it to the house in one play. Eighth drive punt. Buckner got a sack his, uh, to force it off the field. Ninth drive touchdown pass to uh, Brown. We go back to zero pressure and bringing three down. Lineman again. Uh, he has five-plus seconds to throw the ball. Nobody got close to him. And then the tenth uh, drive was a field goal. Um, and then again, we got another sack there by Buckner and Blair. And that's going to kind of do it for the game, you know. If if – we break down these team stats. It tells us a lot. One, we outgained them by 120 yards. We had 450 yards. Kyle Shanahan's always going to put up yards. This offense is functioning. The problem is it does not capitalize. This has been the theme 
for Kyle Shanahan everywhere he has been. Yardage-wise is legit. Now, the one year whenever he was in um, Atlanta, they were scoring touchdowns at a record pace, one of the top five scoring offenses of all time. It's just we know he can put up yards. We know he can convert. It's just punching it in the end zone. So we've got to get the ball to the playmakers a little bit more. So we put up 450 yards. They had 330. We had that one big time. Yards per play, 6.1 for us, 6.8 for them. Eh, that's whatever. What's crazy is how efficient they were able to throw the ball. They only threw the ball 17 times. They completed 11 of those for 163 yards. That's that's not acceptable. Uh, we threw one interception. Both teams had three sacks. But we lost the turnover ratio by 0-2-3. You don't win games like that. Red zones. Uh, red zone attempts, one for four, they were three for four. You don't win games like that. That's kind of who we are as a team. It's it's sacks. Let me start that over. Turnovers, sacks, red zone percentage. How often are we getting points when we get into the red zone? We got into the red zone the exact same amount of them, um, but we don't cash in. You add on to that three turnovers, which they got points on all three of those turnovers, um, and that's your ball game right there. We, we have to capitalize. Now, if we take a step back and look at where we are for the year, it's not much better. <laughs> the NFL, th this is the worst, I think, stat for the 49ers in this entire year. If you look at the entire NFL and team turnovers, okay, the 49ers are dead last. It's not even close. We only have two interceptions. The next worst team has five. <laughs> five interceptions. You're not going to win games whenever you cannot turn the ball over. You you just cannot do it. Now, if we look at um, fumble recoveries, we only have three fumble recoveries. You know, that's second to last in the NFL. So we have five turnovers forced. That is, you just cannot win games like that. Uh, the, the next closest to us, we're sitting at five. The next closest to us is eight. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, which they played one less game. They're playing right now as I'm recording this. Then it jumps up to 12. Then it jumps up to 13, 15, 18. I mean, it, it's absolutely just bananas. You know, teams with 27-plus turnovers, we're sitting here with five. It, there's a reason why we are losing, and it is our defense. The offense, while I understand the points and whatever else, they're not up there. The reason why we continue to lose is our defense. Now what I want to do is just take a real quick break before I talk about the draft and just say our sponsors are absolutely incredible. Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. It's Christmas time, folks. There's nothing better than getting your family 49ers gear or if they're another fan or whatever. I'm in a white Santa or whatever it's called, gift exchange with family members I don't like. And they are Patriots fans. This should tell you about how bad of people they are. Plus family members, it's what it is. Uh, I got to pick something out for this guy that's a Patriots fan. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get him some memorabilia over at Game Day Sports Memorabilia. I'm going to buy an air pump. I'm going to stick that in there and hand it to him just so I can say, here's your you know, fan stuff, whatever, and just a little jab at how you cheat at everything. Um, so Game Day Sports Memorabilia, head over there. They have everything for all sports, anything you need, helmets, jerseys, posters, cards, all kinds of stuff. They are unreal. They support us greatly, and we just want to say thank you to them. So head over there and let them know uh, that the 49ers Rush podcast sent you. Now, 
What I want to do is talk about the draft because it's officially here. We are out of the playoffs. And good news is this. A lot of teams won this week that should have been picking in the top 10. And what this means for us is it continues to kind of lock those top spots for us, even if we do win some games. So as of right now, we are definitely the overall number one seed. If, if we lose out, we've got the number one seed because, again, it goes by records, the most important, and then strength of schedule, and it's inverse. So the team with the easiest schedule, they get the better picks. Our schedule's trash. We have a very easy schedule. The Raiders will not surpass us in this, and it won't even be close. So as of now, us and the Raiders are the only teams with two wins. We, If we lose out, we get number one pick. We're getting Nick Bosa. And yes, we will pick Nick Bosa. No, we will not trade out. No, we, we're not going corner. We are going Nick Bosa. I'm telling you right now, just lock it in. I'm putting my Vegas bets in already. If we get that number one overall pick, it's happening, Nick Bosa. Now, Let's say hypothetically we win one game. That will push us to three wins. And the worst case that could happen if we win one of our remaining games, we would be picking third. Because the only team, the only team in the top 10, uh, really the only team in the top 15, but let's be honest, we're not going that far, um, that will beat us in strength of schedule is the Jets. Okay, The New York Jets and the New York Giants are the only teams that are even close to that, but it's looking like the Jets might pass us. The Giants went and won this week, so they kind of eliminated them from our conversation there. But really, if we win one game, the worst case scenario is we are picking third. Um, if we win two games, which would put us to four wins, the worst we could pick would be probably five or six. So as of now, after week 13 is in the books for us, the absolute highest pick that we could have is a top six pick. But in all reality, it's going to be a top three pick. Uh, we should be, you know, the odds on favorite. Basically, it would be a 50%. We've got the first overall pick. 30% we're picking third because I think the Jets would pass us um, in strength of schedule. They have an easier schedule than us. And then a 20% chance we are picking second. Now, um, update just on our schedule and what we have left. You know, it's not too bad, to be honest with you. It re really isn't. So um, our games, well, I mean, <laughs> this is inverse conversation, right, as far as winning one. We have three home games. We have the Broncos, Seahawks again, and then the Bears. And then we finish up the year at the Rams. So we've got four games, um, all of which are looking like could be possible playoff teams. Um, the Bears, the Bears are playing legit football and winning with backup quarterbacks. But whenever we look at what the Broncos are doing, the Broncos are kind of turning it on. They're six and six. They got an outside shot of the playoffs, and then of course the Rams. Now, if we look at Oakland, if they win one game, we're basically a lock in it. They have the Steelers at the Bengals, which might be a winnable game. Broncos then Chiefs, so they don't have a very good, uh, very winnable schedule either. Um, and so that's kind of where we are. So uh, stay tuned. I'll have a lot more stuff. Please follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. If you have any questions, please hit me up there at JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Stay strong, faithful. It's going to get better.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.